is that? I'm in my car again. It's not safe out here. guys what's up everybody it's been a long layover got a long long delay since our last podcast and i am here in quarantine city marietta california in my honda civic my beautiful 2012 plush interior 100,000 mile honda civic bringing you a quarantine edition of the pinball and cool stuff podcast thank you for joining me it has been a huge layover and a huge lag period on the podcast. And why is that? Well, I'll tell you one of the biggest reasons is because I have not been going to the gym. The gym's shut down. The world is shut down. And as you know, I like to podcast right before my gym session just to get my... Uh, I, have, I have some moments in my car to, to handle that and to organize my thoughts outside of my home. And, and without the commute... Without the gym, because work shut down, I don't have any sort of time to be in the car, really. So now today I told my wife I was going to the bank and I'm escaping the home, the, the house of madness with my two children, to run out here and give you some of my awesome podcasts for your consumption. And you know, um, we lost a lot of podcasts in the past six months, as you all know. And we're going to lose something else. The uh, This is big news, I guess. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Ken Cromwell is leaving the Flippin' Out Stream team. He and Steve Beattie were doing that stream, and uh, he did the podcast with Bill Webb before, Special One Lit. Now, Ken Cromwell got a job with Jersey Jack, and he's moving on. So, Flippin' Out Pinball streaming is now without Ken Cromwell. I don't know what they're going to do. I'm assuming they'll get Dennis Kriesel on there, because he's kind of the right-hand man. So there's like 8 million things on the agenda today, everybody. And once again, thank you for joining me and being patient and waiting for um, for this podcast to come out. I hope I didn't bother anybody by taking such a long break. But um, I'm here to tell you it's going to be worth your wait. Today is chock full of all the notes I've been gathering for the past 30 days, maybe even 40 days. And um, what I know is... There's not a whole lot going on, but there's still some really interesting things to talk about. Let me just say this. So, I like to call out podcasters and try to understand what they're saying and why they're saying it. Um, and I'm going specifically about Kaneda's review of Rick and Morty. Now, as you guys know, Kaneda uh, bought a Rick and Morty. He's in line with number 50. He's, a, he's an excellent podcaster. You know I respect him. I think he's fantastic. But he has a terrible double standard. So Kaneda buys the game. He goes and plays it at Jack Bar, Jack Bar one of the first uh, on-location games available to play, right? He notices, and you'll hear in his podcast, this was a couple weeks ago, that the geometry is not right on the game and it doesn't shoot well at all. Okay, that's the upper flipper portion. So the geometry is not correct. He says this should have never made it past the factory out of inspection. They should have noticed it. They should have fixed it. Um, he said it's basically, you know, 20 out of 30 
20 to 30 games, he might have hit that upper shot one time. Everything else on the game was okay. So we have a game which shoots well, except for one incredibly vital and fun shot that you need to make, which you cannot make. So the game has a flaw. He, uh, he spouts off about it. He's very upset about it, I suppose you could say. Um, but his review is otherwise stellar, right? So, and I'm saying, I'm saying this from the idea of a pinball player's perspective, saying if the game doesn't shoot well, if there are two or three shots that don't really work, then the game's not a good shooter. So uh, that's my opinion. And if the game is that way, then that's my opinion uh, after I can get a chance to play it. But um, I understand that everything else in the game is wonderful. Rick and Morty is, is going to be fun. Um, the main funness being the theme integration, of course. It's going to be fun. Well, one other thing I noticed that I didn't talk about before was that the portal shot was really cool. So the instant feed to your left flipper from the garage shot, they have a ball locked and loaded every time you hit the garage, so it literally instantaneously comes to your left flipper. That is um, absolutely amazing. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and of course the theme integration. So uh, I'm not sure much else is, is terribly satisfying. I heard the left ramp um, is incredibly steep and is unmakeable for most players. Um, unmakeable ramps are not popular with players, as we all know. Unmakeable ramps really can ruin a game. And that was a major complaint with Raza. If you don't remember earlier this year, Raza was getting smashed because of the unmakeable ramp. Um, so here, uh, I think that Rick and Morty, it's got some, some flaws. Uh, I think it's gonna require a lot of dialing in on site once you get your game. And I think it will be very frustrating for all of us who are owners, not myself, but all of the owners out there to really get this game feeling good and shooting good. So I hope that you're patient if you did buy one. Because I think the game will eventually come to fruition and be playable and fun. Um, it'll be funny and interesting anyway, even without playability. But yeah, it's it's uh, it kind of cured my fear of missing out, to be honest with you, to hear that from Canada. But once again, he's having a double standard with games that he's buying versus games that he's criticizing. And I would just, if I if I could talk to him, I would just wonder, I would just ask him why why are you knocking games that you're not buying and you're you're accepting major league shortcomings on games that you are buying like he accepted batman 66 despite the fact that it played like a brick he accepts rick and morty despite the fact that literally two shots come out of the factory as completely unmakeable and yet he'll tear down every other game that's made by anybody else for reasons such as code um i.e wonka where the playfield is perfect there's not a shot on there that's not well designed yet the code's kind of rotten and everybody will admit that the code needs improvement but that's just automatically a, a bad game. I'm not sure. I don't know, know what that perspective is and why it exists that way. But, I mean, hey, whatever. Whatever it is. Um, so, um, as I said before, Scott Denisi, he's not he's not Keith Elwin. He's not Pat Lawler. He's not Eric Minier. He's, he's a great designer. But he's not those guys, all right? So we got to cut him some slack. He still made a fun game. It's gonna it's still like hotcakes. He's very popular. His music's really cool. But, you know, he's not perfect, and he's nowhere near the designer that Lawler is, or Keith Elwin even, at this point. So, we gotta give him a break. We gotta give him a break. So, last time uh, we had a podcast, we talked about Hot Wheels, and I had identified that I believe the main contingent for this game to sell any units will be the price. Because, as we know, people buy Stern Pros because it's the cheapest pinball out there, and lo and behold, it's $6,300. Probably gonna ship it for $5,900 if you keep your ear to the ground and really press your distributor. So Hot Wheels has redeemed itself as an acceptable 
maybe viable game because at 7,000, that's not even close, not even close to a value game. But at 6,000, I'd say you're getting real, real, real close to value there. So I think in the interest of sales and accepting a scant play field, people are going to buy that game. I think car enthusiasts and Hot Wheels fans the world over will buy, and I think they'll sell a ton of them. But I'm just very happy to to confirm that the game's going to be $6,000 to $6,300, because then they will be found out in the wild, and then we will be able to play a, an American pinball game finally. Finally. I've just heard, I've heard many bad things about Oktoberfest. I have not played it yet, but my buddy Pete had mentioned that he played quite a bit of it. And uh, pretty much everybody who buys one is selling theirs at this point, uh, months and just a few months after their purchase. So that's a real bummer. I was really looking forward to playing it. I still will. I'm just, I'm kind of bummed to hear from some of the more prominent players that it's not very good. That it's not very good. Uh, so what else? What else? All right. So my buddy Pete is doing a space shuttle restore. He's doing a hard top. And if you don't know what that is, and you're into pinball, you should go look it up. So hard tops is when you strip the playfield top side, you sand it down completely, and then you apply a hard top uh, playfield layer. Okay, so it's identical, perfect playfield. It's literally a thick, thick decal that's very rigid, and you stick it on the existing playfield, right? So really fantastic idea. I'd never heard of it until recently, and my buddy Pete is making a gorgeous space shuttle. So Pete, if you're listening, great job. I really can't wait to play it, but he's sending us pictures and it looks absolutely breathtaking. If you have any sort of pinball know-how and you have a playfield that needs some love and you just you don't want to swap the entire playfield uh, bottom and top side, you just go for the top side on this one. Rip the top side off, sand it down nice, glue the thing down and then reapply the top side elements and that's it. So hard tops, they're gaining popularity. I really hope to see some more games with them around. I know that the Museum of Pinball has one or two. And um, yeah, so we'll see what happens with that. I don't know about you, but I'm getting really sick and tired of wearing masks around the world. I'm not used to it. I feel like I'm gonna rob a bank when I wear a mask. I feel like people are looking at me suspiciously or something, and I don't, I just hate it, man. So I hope you guys are doing well with this quarantine. I myself am playing tons of pinball. I am focusing on, my, on Iron Maiden, Roadshow, and uh, Wonka. Um, Playing a little bit of, of Waz, but not quite as much. Um, what else do we got? Oh, did you guys catch the Dead Flip stream? 19 players playing Iron Maiden that were all streaming together on like a Zoom call. It was really fun. Lots of great players on there. Uh, Escher Lefkoff was there. Um, what's his name? Not Carl. Carl wasn't on there. But it was a really interesting stream. Go ch catch uh, Dead Flip's Iron Maiden 19 player tournament deal that he did really fun to watch also recently Carl D'Angelo has been kicking a lot of butt on Big Buck Hunter he is a fun stream to watch as you know he even records his attempts at the wizard mode so he has every attempt is obviously streamed and he counts them up I think he was up to like 300 attempts last time I watched without reaching the wizard mode on that game and that what does that tell you that tells you the game is stinking brutal if Carl D'Angelo takes 300 games to reach the wizard mode gonna be sinking brutal man so maybe not a buy for you on big buck hunter if you're not an upper echelon tournament player like Carl and the fellas you know what I mean but it's really really fun to watch him I really appreciate his streams and I continue to say he's the best streamer uh, out there right now he's just the most interesting because it's fun to watch him explain the game and kind of just get into it um, let's see so 
We got into, oh, so last time I podcasted, I mentioned the chopping block, right? And, um, you know, just, this is kind of what I do. I reanalyze and I rethink and I figure out what I really want. And at this point, the chopping block is shifting, everybody. It's shifting. And how and why is it shifting? Well, I'll say this. I need money. Why do I need money? I'm buying a P3 heist machine, baby. That's right. I'm going to place the order in the next few days. Direct order from Multimorphic. Give me a great price quote, including shipping at about 10 Gs. And therefore, the chopping block item that's up will be Waz, Emerald City LE. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm sad to say it, but the chopping block... Uh, pinball machine is Waz, and I've changed my mind from Maiden, and why have I done that? After speaking with a couple friends and inquiring as to what they think on the matter, I think the consensus was, go with the highest value machine, which you have the least amount of money into. And my total investment into this game, my Waz, is about six, is about $7,400. So I can almost get that back probably in a sell and uh, I wouldn't lose much, and then I just kind of flipped the money over. So that was the basis for it. And you know, I did mention that these JJPs are exceptional works of art, and they're a lot of they're a lot of fun. I don't, I still agree with that. Um, but I'm very happy to keep Wonka and um, trade over some of that money for, from Waz into a heist game because I have nothing like P3 in my house right now. Now, months and months ago, I said there may be a P3 in my future. I was listening to a podcast by Jerry Jerry Stellenberger with um, with Canada, and I was compelled by what he said, and sure enough, man, this game comes around, and it's knocked me off my feet, I watched the stream, which was hosted by Deadflip, that was performed by Jerry, the owner, and uh, he got a chance to talk us through the game, and despite the fact that Jerry is very mellow, what's the, what's the, what's the word, monotone, monotone, he's kind of a boring sounding guy, you know the guy's brilliant. He's a genius. He's absolutely brilliant. Smarter than any of us. Um, his his job is not to sell machines as a hype man. His job is to build awesome ones, and I think that he succeeded. So when he's selling you the game here on, on the on the stream, he's very mellow and very mild mannered and very very telling you the elements of the game here and there. There's the uh, there's the crane. It comes down. It extends over the playfield. Here's the buttons for this. Here's the mode. Here's what we're getting into. Very very monotone. All right. So it's kind of boring. But watching the game actually operate while he's at the controls is something else. It is something else. The game, the game looks amazing, and I can only say that I cannot wait to play Heist. I cannot wait. That crane mech looks so incredible. It's the fastest crane in pinball. It literally is just instantly across the playfield, reaching, grabbing the ball, magnetizing, and interacting with the player. I just can't believe that they were able to pull that off and keep that mech so reliable and so fast. Because we know cranes in pinball, right? You've seen the Johnny Mnemonic, Johnny Mnemonic, Johnny Mnemonic hand operation, right? Where it slowly grabs the ball and puts it in the matrix. You've seen the Demo Man crane, which kind of gently grabs the ball and places it into one of five slots, I believe, in the upper left area of the playfield. And then, of course, you've seen, what was it? The uh, Judge Dread crane, right? My old game. So the Judge Dread Crane grabs it off of the Dead World Ball Lock and drops it back into the upper left side of the playfield. That's how the crane works. What do all of those cranes and ball grabbing mechanisms have in common? They're all very slow. They're all very slow and you're, you feel as if the game has stopped and you're sort of in standby until that 
crane figures out what it's going to do and it takes its sweet time everybody go play go watch these videos you'll see what i mean johnny mnemonic especially uh and judge dread are very very slow cranes this crane on heist i swear is flash speed compared to those cranes the, the thing is swiveling and, and swaying and swerving across the playfield in a way that I have never seen a machine operate or any element of a playfield uh, toy or device or mech operate. I've never seen anything like it. I think it's brilliant. These guys have obviously put their time, money, and hearts into this mech to make it successful. And this thing's going to fly off the shelves. I'm making my prediction now. I think they're going to at least quadruple the number of P3 owners from here until Christmas, just based on this game alone. I've already heard that they're getting huge demand for this game, and they will have back orders when the quarantine ends that they're going to be full-time selling and pushing product, and I'm really, really happy because they deserved the success that they're going to experience, and I'm just overjoyed that P3 will now be um, making a splash, a big splash in our world of pinball, because I think they deserve it. That LCD playfield is phenomenal, uh, and I, I don't. I know you want playfield everything and all the chock full of things and elements and and portions uh, of ramps and whatnot. And I think someday that'll come. It'll stretch further down the playfield. But for now, it just looks amazing, and I, I'm just grateful for the opportunity to sort of jump in on this and to sell my Waz and maybe a couple other games, my other uh, solid states, and then get this game as a as a as a wash almost. So it's exciting. Um, one other player who convinced me uh, months ago, it may have been about a year ago, was Jason Fowler. He did a, a video review on his YouTube channel. He was Slap Save Pinball Podcast, which is now defunct, of course. And he reviewed it very glowingly. And he had Lexi Lightspeed, which in my opinion is a far inferior game to Heist. Um, but he was, he was just glowing about the game. And uh, I know he's a credible source when it comes to pinball machine reviews. And I'm grateful for his review. So, Jason, if you're listening, I know you're probably not, but we miss you. Hopefully you get back into podcasting soon because your show rocks. And I hope you still have your P3 because here comes Heist, man. It's coming, man. Um, also, the upper playfield um, design with all the diverters and all the hatches and doors and ramps shooting around the playfield up there, it just looks fascinating. And I think it looks detailed, and it looks very artistic and intricate. These guys put a lot of work into making the cityscape beautiful in that game, and they succeeded. Go check it out. It's full RGB lit. It's got a really uh, just a ton of neat effects. Um, but just the feeling of being in the city when you play this game is something that is tangible, even watching it on Twitch, right? So imagine if it was right in front of you. That is going to be fun, everybody. I'll keep you posted. Um, hopefully in the next 24 hours, I'll be putting down an order and then transferring some money. Uh, it's not a, it's not a cheap game. They have a, they have a sale that's going on on all P3s or on their highest P3 for ten thousand dollars, and it's going up to about I think eleven thousand five hundred after April seventeenth. So if you want to get your order in, get it in now, because you're going to be paying more for this game in about a week, a week and a half. So better better be quick, man. Better be quick. They also have some three game deals on P3Multimorphic.com. You could buy all three of their games for like sixteen thousand dollars. Not a bad deal. Um, or if you just want a couple of them, they have packages that look like that as well. Um, right now, they actually have what's called the LCD back box. So it's a sort of a chameleon back box where the game, it's like a VP cab, right? With an LCD back box. So that's really nice. You don't have to switch out the translight or the back glass. It literally, software adapts to the game you're playing 
um, whichever play field you have inserted into the game. So that's really cool. I'm really, really happy about it. And I'm, I'm just grateful that, um, that that's now a feature that's included with the game that, that I'm ordering. So here it comes, man. Good things, good things, right? And, and, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of in a little bit of a hurry with Heist because um, I am looking forward to Ninja Turtles and Guns N' Roses. But would I really be a buyer of Guns N' Roses? I mean, maybe in a year when the used machines come up. But I don't like the theme enough to really be compelled to buy it immediately anyway. So I, I figured that's kind of a pass. Ninja Turtles, I feel the same way about. I like the, I like the show. I like the theme. But it's not like it's not like Wonka. It's not like Maiden where I said, man, that's that's kind of a thing I need. I need to have that theme. It's beautiful. It's, it's fun. And it just feels good to own, um, to have that game in my garage. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I'm um, looking, very much looking forward to it. I hope Jerry Stellenberg has some more streams that we can watch, gives us a little bit more insight. But as it stands now, the game is almost code complete. They're going to be updating it as, as per usual, but it's almost code complete for release now. And they are uh, starting to land, I'm, I'm sure, in the next 30 days. So we'll see what happens. Very, very exciting time. This spring and summer is going to be really, really fun. And uh, I just can't wait till the quarantine's over, everybody. I hope you're all safe. I hope you're all taking care of your families and yourselves. Make sure to get some home workouts in, guys. I've been working out in my garage and running around the neighborhood quite a bit, so I'm grateful to still be healthy and to still be able to be mobile and to take care of some business. I'm grateful to be working. I'm grateful that my kids are healthy and my wife is healthy, and I hope you all are the same, and I hope you agree. Um, it's, it's, it's okay. Everything's going to be all right. Everybody just hold your breath for a little bit, and uh, then we can peek our heads out a little while. God bless you all. Thanks for listening. I'll catch up with you very, very soon. Bop, bop.